0: You're listening to the Short Shift Podcast, proud member of the Black and Gold
1: Podcast Network. You can support the show by leaving a comment and five-star rating on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or any of your favorite podcast platforms.
0: You can contact the show via Twitter at ShortShiftPod. Cynically acclaimed, incredibly online. It's Boston Hockey Talk with your hosts, Thomas Nystrom and Andrew Johnson. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. No. Mm-hmm.
1: I think they sell a narrative over there that um, it's more like the New York Saints, you know, not the New York Islanders. That you know, they play hard and they play the right way. But I, I feel we're the same way. And the calls, the exact calls that are getting called on us, um, do not get called on them. So, it, it, and I don't know why. You've got continuous high sticks every game, the exact same high sticks. You know, Bergie Nelson behind the net, the one that comes up on Smith, Marshy got called for that in game one. I could go on and on, Wagner the other day in front of the net. You know, maybe we need to sell them more flop, but that's not us. You just hope they'd see them. I mean, the same calls go against us. So it's not like I'm sitting there going, well, every call against us sucks. It's not true. It's just the end of the day, the similar plays, they need to be penalized on those plays. But like I said, I think they've sold done a great job selling that narrative that you know they're clean you know it's like the Bergeron today he's throwing out the what the first two three four face-offs he takes because someone mentioned you know have a little respect for Patrice Bergeron he's up for the selkies he's been a warrior in this league a face of the franchise uh, does everything right for hockey sells the game and that's the way you treat him I mean come on you know because someone speaks out and says something like he you know all of a sudden so they just need to be better than that just you know just call the game what you see quit listening to these outside influences. We're
0: going to start early here
2: so here we go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're back for another episode of the Short Shift Podcast. My name is Thomas Mushroom. I've got my co-host here Andrew Johnson and we are actually joined by another Andrew. I had to bring him back this week. Uh, he joined us last week, Mr. Andrew Taverna from the Puck Lines podcast. Andrews, how are you guys doing?
3: Um, I will defer to our guest. You go first, <laughs> Mr. Taverna. Uh, I am doing all right. I'm still a little hurt, but I'm doing okay. My my Currently in my life, cookies are being baked, uh, so I am just waiting for those to be done so I can go devour however many of them uh, are going to end up inside of me flood it just flood it with with what how what kind of cookies are they andrew uh chocolate chip cookies All and right. and i have uh i have whiskey waiting to go with them so
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> hell yeah that's a combination just like
2: mom used to make <laughs> yep.
0: it
3: works it works for me
2: man i, I will mm-hmm. get down on that right now mm-hmm. boys uh i had the benefit of being in upstate new york with no cell phone service so i didn't have to watch game four Uh, consider
0: yourself a fortunate
2: i didn't feel like i was missing much and uh i drank enough to support whatever i needed to in my brain to get over it (laughs) so i mean if you guys have any comments about that game let's get that off our chest real quick and let's let's really jump into game five after that but as far as game four I'll, i'll sit back i'll listen to your quick takes and uh i'll just go fuck myself
0: Mm -hmm. All right. Well, make sure you turn your camera off the zoom for that. (laughs) Uh, Game four was basically um, can really just be boiled down to one sentence for me. Andrew, I don't know if you have any more to add to it, but David Posternock, why the fuck did you one time that puck?
3: Yeah, that's about it. (laughs) That's about it. I mean that you, I have never, Never seen even the worst goal scorer miss that open of a net, and it's almost like because he's so talented, he just couldn't figure out how to do the basic thing of shove the puck into the opening, and that is the entirety of that game.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You can you can talk about we can talk about you know. Blown coverage on all We can talk about not bad officiating, but weird officiating. That was a weirdly officiated
3: game. Yeah, I um, didn't I didn't mind the officiating yeah. in that one. I feel like it was it, it is what I have come to expect from the NHL, I guess, where I'm just kind of like, yeah, <laughs> um, No, if that's as good you come to expect from the NHL. That's a that's a, that's a win.
0: That's a win. If you, if it, I, if you are expecting bonnet, like, you know, step bottom of the barrel, kind of step over the bar, then you've won at this point.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, we're going to get into this. I'm actually fairly certain. It's the only reason I got an invite back. Uh, <laughs> it is absolutely zero. the only reason you got um, an invite back. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I am, I am quite certain that I can, I can go into officiating in this shit show of a league in much more detail later in this episode.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. All right. I'm, so, I'm completely
2: fine with jumping right into game. five. Yeah.
3: You did. There isn't really much to say about, there isn't really much
0: to say about well, game. Me, four.
2: I'll, I'll give you the summation of what Andrew told me the other day. Mm-hmm. Quote, I can basically fill you in DK spared Barzal in the nutsack, a missed open net by pasta. Rask was excellent. D held on, but the aisle made one more play outside of two empty netters. The end. Done. That's,
0: that's
3: it. That's game That's four. it. Andrew, you yeah. have anything to add to that? No, I mean, uh Krejci should have speared him in the nutsack because he was being an absolute pest, cross-checking him four times in the back and the referees clearly... Like I said, you can come to expect what you can come to expect from the the refs, and if that's the worst it gets, then that would be great, but Game five. We're going to get to one in not.
0: particular because I, I did, I did some prep work before coming on here today. And um, there's a pattern, there's a pattern that is, that, that is starting to come to the fore here. So let's get, let's get into game five right now. Let's go.
2: Yeah. Uh, so obviously we have a huge problem with the way the officiating is going in this series. Our coach Speaks up at the end of that game, knowing full well he's looking at, at a fine, defends his team. Just you have to call out the league at a certain point, and it probably could have been done two games ago. But I have never seen a league so obsessed with maintaining their integrity while doing the absolute fucking least to actually have
3: integrity. It's between the eyes, man. Absolutely. It, this league's an embarrassment. The NHL went out of their way today to find somebody five times more than they find a player because of the CBA. Now I get it. It's because of the CBA, right? The coach isn't, isn't against those same standards. Logan Mullen made a really good point about that, that it, that it it is, it is apples to oranges, but the point is it shouldn't be go on. Right. And I, and I think that's it. They went out of their way to find a coach five times more for saying something that was entirely truthful. And that bothers the hell out of me. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I know we're not Ranger Sands uh, on this pod by any stretch of the imagination. But it's the same concept that bothered me about the Rangers getting fined 250 large. Yep. For telling the fucking truth. For calling out the league and... Making us Rangers fans for one day, which is not
2: worth any price in the world. I mean, the league proved itself to be idiotic in my in my viewpoint. It's you're willing to basically give a slap on the wrist, and yes, I get it's the CBA, but you have to make it make sense when it comes to at least a reasonable fine on a coach. But the league has taken the standpoint that player-to-player violence and safety, like recklessness, such as Tom Wilson grabbing somebody by the face and trying to throw him through the ice. That is less egregious than a coach just calling into question the league and the refs. It is, it's embarrassment beyond belief. I don't understand how you can say that you're trying to protect these players or you're trying to protect the integrity of the game and then you pull this bullshit hundred percent.
0: Yeah. And I mean,
3: we're, we're, we're going to, we're going to find out next year because I got enough likes on my tweet this morning to go out of my way to stand up a uh, small mini website next year for next year's (laughs) NHL season, where I will be collecting people's videos of missed or blown calls or just bad calls in the NHL. And I will be assigning a $5,000 value to each missed, blown, or (laughs) effed up call. And Mm -hmm. I will be distributing that in two uh, various ways. One, I will be calculating what the entire referee base would be fined if we put them all together. And then I will be doing a uh, score sheet or a uh, leaderboard of which referees miss, blow, or eff up. The most calls, uh, and I will just the winner get what's that? What does the winner get? I'm not sure what the winner gets. What I'd like the winner to get is fired, but I don't think the (laughs) NHL is actually going to care about my little, uh, my little website. But my plan is, you have bigger balls than the NHL does. (laughs) Uh, if my plan is at the very least to make it damn well and known why this is such a problem and make people understand what the cost of this problem would be to the referees if they didn't clean it up.
0: Mm-hmm. One thing that's really struck me and and Th- and Thomas you can you can vouch for this at the very beginning of this podcast, we kind of made made a declaration that we are not people who complain about the refs. Mm-hmm. It's only in real extreme cases.
2: Well, and this is an extreme case. Like We I have spent think... the last two episodes yeah.
0: on a war path in the most important part
2: of the league's year. Yeah. How does this happen? I would like to also say that or at least like to be able to think that if, if this was going the other way around, we would still kind of be having these conversations in terms of Oh, absolutely, man, like absolutely. We're, we're getting gifts, but there's there hasn't been balance. There just fucking hasn't been balance, mm, mm-hmm. and it's it's frustrating. And I don't want to sit here and say that the reason that we're now down three games to two is because of the refs. It's that's not the only reason. It's absolutely factor. not. I do I I do
0: want to get into I do want to get into the actual product on the ice that has led yeah. us to
2: this point. But right before you were able to jump on, uh, mm-hmm. when it was just me and Taverna talking, no matter how much it seems like the calls or no calls are putting us in a hole. The Bruins are mm-hmm. finding a way to dig out of it and, and remain competitive. The, the four one game. It wasn't really a four one game. That was a two one game
0: mm-hmm.
2: and two empty netters are two empty netters. Obviously it looks, it looks worse at the final result or whatever, but the quality of play and all that stuff, like that was a close game and it took, it took a great play from Barzal with just batting it out of the fucking sky, mm-hmm. to get one in and Tuka played well one thing I want to ask you guys is how you feel about Tuka getting pulled from that game. Clearly it was an injury thing. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, it seems like we're going to be without him in game six, without Lazar, without Miller, without Carlo. Like we're not, we're not going to be fielding the best, best possible roster come game six. How, how are you guys feeling
0: now? It's not a guarantee. Well, first, first, first things first, um, I agree. I agreed with Cassidy's move to put in Swainman, Um, because a, he was obviously, he was obviously playing at less than a hundred percent or less than the percentage he started the game at. Mm-hmm. And also I think he was looking for a jolt. I think he was looking for uh, looking for a jolt for the team. Um, and that's the risk you kind of run when you, you when your backup goaltender has less than twenty games experience. Putting him in in a tie series game five, you're you're, you're going to have this question. If, if Jeremy Swamin was a five year vet, we wouldn't be asking this.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. Now about the idea of Rask being out—that's not a guarantee. Um, Cassidy came out today and said that. If he's healthy, he will go, so he's hasn't been ruled out yet. If Swayman does go for game six, I'm gonna be more nervous than I would be if Tuka was in mm-hmm. but I didn't disagree with the move, considering everything that, is, that has that surrounded Tuka before the game, you know him being out and being um Taking shots from Frederick and Coolman before the, before practice, and then sitting out, and reports flying around that you know that he had to lobby to play,
2: yeah, that
0: he had to lobby the the, the medical staff for the Bruins to play in that game. If that is true, I want the narrative that this that
3: that Tuka Rask has quit on this team to stop
0: mm-hmm.
3: full sale full full wholesale full stop. Mm the 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 problem with that is the people firing that narrative off are morons and don't actually understand what they're talking about but <laughs> yeah
0: I but think... the problem is is that the morons that are firing off and don't understand what they're talking about are also amplified
3: by the fucking radio shows yeah well yeah i mean if you're taking your time to listen to radio in boston i I wish you the best. Um, I I gave up that. I'm that sorry dream. for your loss, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I I gave up that dream, or I guess nightmare, or I mean, all night all nightmares are dreams, I guess. Anyways, uh, I gave up that uh, nightmare a long time Jesus ago. Jesus Christ! <laughs> but yeah. sorry, we're, hey, we're we're recording a little later than I'm normally, uh, you know, a functional human being. So, um. I do want to I do want to launch my conspiracy theory here um, on, uh, on the it. Rask Woo! situation. So Rask. so So let's assume that the Internet is truthful. And I think that's a tough assumption to start with. <laughs> and Rask did, in fact, right, have this this medical issue that the team suggested maybe he shouldn't start. Now, let's be honest, Rask is an elite goaltender. He's been in the league a long time. He reserves the right to say whether he starts or not, right? Mm-hmm. Unless there's a medical reason he can't play. Mm-hmm. If it's whether or not he should That includes his daughter. <laughs> correct. It, whether or not he he should is up to Rask. He's earned that right. Mm-hmm. So let's be clear about that, right? If Rask says, I'm gonna go, I'm good to go, you put him in the game. Mm-hmm. Come the second intermission, the way Cassidy phrased his statement is what makes me wonder what happened there. Okay. He didn't say I made the decision to pull him. He didn't say Rask made the decision to come out. He said that Rask required treatment in between periods, and we made the decision to sit him for the third. So we made the decision makes me think that Cassidy in the third said, listen, I gave you the first two. You gave up four goals on the first 16 shots. I'm going to go with Swayman. And then game 6 we'll reevaluate. I, I don't that. know that Rask had anything to do with that decision. I, I totally agree with you. But I do think that the Bruins have made a Clear statement in the third of that period that they're not going to give up. No. So, regardless of who starts game six, no. trust me, I would wholeheartedly 100% hope it's Tuka Rask if he's good to go. But the fact that they had the confidence to put Swayman in, in that position does make me feel like this team truly believes in him even more than maybe I do as a fanboy.
2: Mm-hmm. which
3: I'm a big Swayman lover, and I'm never going to deny that. So mm-hmm. I, I would obviously prefer to see Rask, but I don't know that the team is as worried if they don't feel Rask can go. Right.
2: I'm less concerned about Rask playing or not because I think that Swayman has the talent and the capability of stepping in and having a good game. I'm honestly more concerned with the D-depth right now. Boy, oh, Carlo being out, right? Carlo being out, and and there was those reports that said like he was skating and he was day to day. Like, how is that fucking possible? Like, looking at him, <laughs> it was a lie. Skating off the ice and being carried, basically. Like, dude, his leg went out. That's terrifying for me. And honestly, I think if we see Carlo again in these playoffs, I would question the decision making for the Bruins behind the scenes.
0: Like, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Let's go hop in the wayback machine for a second. When Tom Wilson did Tom Wilson things and, and Carla was hurt, there was the same kind of weird gamesmanship with his injury. Do you remember this Thomas, where he, he very clearly had a concussion and there was, and he was week to week, but we knew he was going to be out for,
2: month at least i didn't i didn't think we'd see him for the rest of the season to be honest yeah.
0: and now with this injury now f- first of all first of all boston bruins i love you do not piss on my head and tell me it's raining they came out and said that it was a upper back injury stop <laughs> <laughs> he went down when his head hit the stanchion on the glass and his left leg lost connection with his nervous system. We're not stupid. <laughs> so I don't know why Carlo is being used as a guinea pig for this weird sort of tete-a-tete with the media or how they're reporting their injuries. But just say, just say, we, just say he's going to be out. He's out indefinitely. That's all you have to say. And same with Kevin Miller, too like that them being cagey with head injuries is is like you said Thomas I think the questions are already being asked. Yeah. Andrew what do you think?
3: Yeah, I mean so so the Carlo one in particular bothers me and and here's why and I mentioned this on my shameless plug of Puckline's podcast which we released a new episode of tonight for the first time in a month and a half. So that was exciting. Congratulations on the new co-host, by the way. Uh, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mentioned this in that Carlo concerns me. He has a history of head injuries, but in addition to that, he has an injury history. Mm-hmm. And it seemingly is every time we get into the playoffs. So if I've got a bank on Carlo coming back in this, in this year's playoffs to win the cup, Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I'm feeling so good. Is this a conditioning issue? Is this a, is this just a fragility
0: issue? What is this? I don't think Carlo? Con- because he's a big, tough kid. Well, like I mean,
2: we're talking about broken legs and concussions. I don't think that has anything to do with con- condition. Fair enough. That's that's just,
0: bad, oh, unfortunately no, just, just an absolute string of awful luck.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I feel like the dude needs to go out and like do one of those, like, I don't know. What do they do? Like smoke out your house or something like, I'm not sure how those things work, but...
0: Oh, the, uh, the hyperbaric chamber where you, like, you climb in and, like... Isn't that what Derek Jeter used to do or some shit?
3: I, I he know. needs something. He need, He Maybe it's, like, a spiritual intervention. Maybe he needs, <laughs> like... I, I don't know if he needs to go to confession. Maybe he did something wrong that he's not saying. But, like, the guy needs something because right now it's seemingly just bad luck. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that this team watching this this decor these last two games... I don't know that this team without Carlo is is going much further. I mean, I think they come out and win game six because I think it's the Bruins' identity Mm -hmm. to come back and to fight and to claw and to try and win. I think they could maybe even pull off winning game seven because honestly... Andrew, don't do this to me, man. (laughs) let, Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. This team has shown that it's resilient, that it can battle that it can win, and frankly, they've played really well. So I stick to my tweet from last night. If you play the next 50 minutes, like you played the first 10, you're going to win this game. Now, I know they lost that game, and that tweet didn't age well, uh, (sighs) but I I stick by the mentality of if you keep playing good hockey, you're going to win more games than you're going to lose.
0: Oh, my God, that Marshawn stuff attempt doing the tightrope walk on the goal line haunting me.
3: Right. Like, I, so so to me, you're a team that could, in theory, at least be competitive in the remainder of this series. Whether you win, I think that's up to luck. But mm. when you get to the next round, the
0: officiating.
3: When, when you get to the next round, if you get to the next round and you don't have Carlo or Miller, mm-hmm. that decor against, I I don't even want to go here, that decor yeah. against Tampa Bay. Yeah. I mean, how do you think that ends, right? I mean, I don't know what you guys think, but five games, maybe?
2: If if they don't get healthy and get healthy quick, then I almost I, – I, I don't want to see them just get blown out by Tampa. I don't think I can stomach that again. So yep. I I can see what you're saying. It's almost, hey, if we're not going to be able to make a run because we don't have the health, maybe it just needs to stop now.
3: Yeah, like just and, stop hurting me. Yeah. I'm, I'm not on that train, you guys. I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm I'm really not... I shouldn't be. It's just the pain and it hurts and my emotions.
2: I don't think you guys would disagree with me, but the only way I'm going to feel comfortable seeing Carlo back out there this in the playoffs mm. is if the Bruins website or Nesson produce such an incredible Rocky Three style montage of him getting healthy and strong <laughs> that it's the only way that I'm going to allow myself to back that emotionally because it,
0: it also has that, to be narrated everything. by Steve Forney.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> the, the only way, man, it's, it's uh, just looking at his face. Like the cameras got him and mm. he just looked fucking lost and it was scary. It was scary from a human element.
0: No, yes. That was a, that was a, that was a, I think I call, I think on Twitter I called it his a factory reset. You yeah. can, in real time, you saw his brain kind of turn off and turn back on again. Yeah. It was frightening
2: and so then do, outside of him you got Lazar's banged up now and Lazar's been at least a serviceable guy in his role this this series and, and honestly the playoffs in general Lazar's but, done a great
0: job
3: in carrying around two boat anchors he really has it's <laughs> and yeah, and that then, fourth line is just freaking awful yeah. oh my god
2: and then we have and then we have Miller out and I don't you never know what to expect with when he's going to come back or mm-hmm. how long like I don't even know what the injury is at this point, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, we're not going to be putting our best foot forward, stepping into Nassau again. And it's, it's, it doesn't look great. Uh, I'm not going to give up because it doesn't seem like this team has given up. And
0: no. There were a lot of good things to take from that game as there, as, there as was stupid as it
2: sounds. And and I, th- I feel like having gone back and watched most of uh, the play from game four, mm. I feel like the team didn't quit in that game either. And that's that's kind of been the trademark for this team, even going back to the previous season. Like the way that last year started, it felt like there was a number of games where, uh, where two two goals out of it, three goals out of it in the middle of the game, and then all of a sudden they make it a game, whether they finish off and win, if they win it in overtime, or, or if they just get close and lose, but at least remain competitive. That's mm. kind of the identity of the Bruins for me the last couple of years. So until they actually get knocked out of the playoffs, you got to believe, and that's... The, the sadness of fandom.
0: <laughs> just, uh, around this time of year, you hear, you see a lot of people asking, what's it like to not have a good portion of your identity tied to the success or the failure of a sports team?
2: What's that like?
0: Is it nice?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll just never know
3: that. <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean, we've been spoiled as a fan base. For a fan of sports teams from this region it's been a long time since we've been mm-hmm. able to disconnect ourselves from, from an organization. Like we've been winning championships since I was in high school and I'm fucking 37 years old now. Like this is it's bananas. The run that this town has been in.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, but you also gotta, you gotta take some L's too. And, of course. uh, as, as much as it sucked to lose to St. Louis if, two years ago, I, I couldn't sit there and complain too long because mm. then you just sound like the spoiled bitch that so many other fandoms like to think that we are. Mm-hmm. Oh. You know what I mean? Like
3: oh, is that why is that why people keep tagging me? Hashtag spoiled bitch. I didn't, I, I didn't know, but I think but now about, I do.
2: I think that's all those earrings and and pocketbooks that you be posting. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and then three inch nails, girl. <laughs> I I have, I have one, one other question I need, I need to ask on this podcast because who knows when I'll be invited back. And I I figure (laughs) if I have Andrew in front of me, I have to ask this question. Re-signing Kevin Miller. Yes or no? Absolutely. Goddamn not. Oh, thank you. Okay. All right. We're, we're aligned. Okay. Okay. All right. I will,
0: I, I, I will give, I will give you my definitive take on Kevin Miller because I know all year I've taken some heat on, my take on Kevin Miller. I think honestly believe that Kevin Miller was signed for the express purpose of getting to retire on his own terms. Okay. And you can talk about the money all you want. It's was not a small amount of money. It was bad money. It's not not a small amount of money. Let's just say it's not a small amount of money. Fine. But minimum, sorry, go ahead. But it should have been a PTO, but I think the fact that he was able to come back and prove that he could be a serviceable seventh, eighth defenseman on the team after all of the injury issues and all of the injury problems, I'm fine with him walking away after this year, but I will say this if he resigns or if if Don Sweeney resigns him again, I will light his house on fire. (laughs) Because, (laughs) Because I, I'm a fan of Kevin Miller. I'm a fan of what he brings. I'm a fan of his type of play. And I'm a fan of the hard work and obvious dedication that this, that Batman has to the game of hockey. He worked his ass off his entire career and worked twice as hard just to get 30 games in the NHL this year. That's enough.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Hey, Hey, you know what? I, I respect that take. I do. I, you know what? Here's what I'll say. I know I was very, um, maybe the opposite on the whole Kevin Miller signing. Um, I believe I did a whole 30 minute live stream, uh, by myself, just yelling at the computer um about the Kevin Miller signing so so that's probably How many somewhere on did the you internet before that taverna <laughs> i that's that's somewhere on the internet and i actually wish it wasn't um but uh, <laughs> oh you know i'm going to go find it now <laughs> uh let's let's hope not um but i think here's the deal you miss him right now so that's where I'll say I'm I I'll meet you in the middle. You're meeting me in the middle. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you right now I miss him. I wish you were in the lineup because I think you'd I make a difference.
0: 100% miss him because
3: uh, because man, if I have
0: to see Jared Tenorti skate around like a fawn just learning how to walk and then trying to handle the puck like it's hand, like it's shooting a crossbow with his hands again, I'm going to I'm going to shove my head through the television. I'm it's is it <laughs> I'm a preview.
3: <laughs> So, say what? <laughs> Is that pay per view? Can I can I pay to watch you shove your head? <laughs> Absolutely, I'll give you I'll,
0: I'll, I'll give you the link.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna call that take on Kevin Miller bullshit for one reason. You said that you think that contract was given because you think they wanted him to have an opportunity to retire the right way. Mm-hmm. What had Kevin Miller done other than deal with incredible adversity? But what had he done for this franchise to deserve that? Where Zdeno Chara didn't, you mm-hmm. know, you know my stance on the not resigning Chara thing. We have the same opinion about it. We think it was the correct move. It turned out to be the correct move in mm-hmm. retrospect. Mm-hmm. But to say that you think that's the main reason he got resigned is fucking bananas to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well,
2: because you could have I- potentially done that for Chara for less money.
0: Well, it could have been for... Well, it it also could have it also could have been for... Uh, well, it's actually kind of a moot point because whatever whatever we offered Chara, I mean, I don't think we'll ever know what exactly we offered
2: Chara, but whatever we offered Chara, he didn't accept it. I think that was because of the role. And as it would have turned out, he and, would have played more games than Kevin Miller. He would have played more minutes than Kevin Miller yeah. for less money. So for that reason, just... Can I make one other just, bold just that, statement? Just that trigger that Can, you're saying that's why he's... He can't, or that's why the Bruins brought him back. I just, I can't see that as logical just because, just because of the other guy
3: standing there waiting for a contract. I'm going to make one other bold statement about this topic and then I can let it go. Mm. Char would still be playing right now.
2: Yeah. Maybe seven minutes a game.
3: (laughs) Fine. <sighs> yeah. Fine. But uh, that's than okay. seven minutes more so, than we're getting. Thank you. Okay. Seven minutes more than we're getting out of Miller right now. Unfortunately. So that's seven minutes. Seven minutes. I don't have to see Tornorti too. So yeah. like. I great. will
2: say, I think a healthy Kevin Miller right now would be more productive than, than Chara mm-hmm. at this point. I don't think Miller had a bad season from when he was actually able to get on the ice.
0: Miller had Miller had a damn fine season for what he, for what he was asked to do. Yeah. And when he played. Yeah, exactly, exactly, when he played, and, you know, I think Don Sweeney, I think Don Sweeney made the correct decision to not budge from his ask for Zidano Jara. He made the wrong, he made the wrong decision in the sense of the money. But I think it was, I honestly do believe, and I, I, and I have said this from minute one, it was a respect contract. How much of a price can you put on respect? That's a question for Don Sweeney. So, what else do we want to uh, touch on? Does anybody have anything here? How about the fact that one of the, the one of the main officials in this uh, on this crew is um, ran a foul last year in the playoffs?
2: Yeah, go ahead and you can kick it off with that.
0: So. Last uh, in the playoff bubble, Rod Brindamore was fined $25,000 last year for complaining about the officiating crew for the series against the Bruins. Uh, guess who was officiating in that series? Francis Sharon. Guess who's officiating in this series? Francis Sharon. Guess who's the main person in the crew? Francis Sharon. Oh, okay. just 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 kind of drawing it out for you so what i want to know is how does this guy keep getting work (laughs) and it's almost as if like and and bringing back to the point of hey maybe you should let coaches vent their spleen a little bit about some of this officiating when there's a pattern that's coming about maybe the nhl needs to look inward at some of the officials that they put into these crews, I mean, put in these games. Of, there's
2: there's a lot of reasons that the NHL needs to look inward, and this is the one that's affecting us the most right now, obviously. Yep. But, but Department of Player Safety, officiating. We are big fans of hockey. We are big fans of our teams. We hate the NHL. <laughs> the NHL is the worst fucking league in professional sports. Mm-hmm. They don't do anything to grow the sport. They don't do anything to sustain the sport. The The best case scenario is this ESPN deal and the TNT deal and all that. Maybe it
3: helps grow. Maybe it bails out the fucking sport. But But it was I ESPN don't. today releasing an article about how even they believe the officiating sucked in last night's game. Yeah. So, like, when your brand-new broadcast partner is already writing articles about how you fuck it up, like... How are you feeling as a league? I mean, I wrote this on on Twitter the other night and it might be like my highest engagement post in a long time. Like, Hey, at NHL, your product's a joke. Yep. Like, and, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be like a jerk about it, but like, like <laughs> legitimately my issues come down to now they just don't care. Mm-hmm. They They don't care about us. Right. Yep. The people who, who pay their bills. They don't care about us. And I don't, I don't know if that's long-term sustainable and the approach they think is going to work best. Maybe it is. Mm -hmm. Um, But it seems like a weird business model.
2: Yeah. I honestly love that ESPN is calling them out too, because it's just like, it's noticeable and it's an issue and they're investing billions of dollars (laughs) into hopefully this, this sport continuing to grow and if they're saying that before they've even aired their first fucking game, it's just like, yo, we're noticing some things. Let's fucking clean this up because we're not dealing with this. Mm-hmm. That's best case scenario for us as as yeah. hockey fans, period. Right. And
0: And, you know, a- Andrew, you spoke this into existence last week, and I swear to God, if this comes to pass, I'm going to put a flaming bag of shit at your door every day, for hockey season from the, from opening day until the cup is awarded if this happens, but the, 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 the best thing that the NA that the ESPN can do and Turner can do is not hire Pierre goddamn McGuire. Mm. If they don't do that, they've already won. If they don't do that, they've already won. That's and true. Th- th- I think that will help grow the sport because can you think and I'm, I'm speaking seriously, as, as and I know you two are, 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 fans outside, are fans more fans outside of hockey than I am. Can you think of a broadcaster who is more universally reviled than Pierre McGuire in any of the four major sports?
2: I mean, I have one right off the bat, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like a love-hate thing because it's like he does a good job as Joe Buck. Mm-hmm. Joe mm-hmm. Buck is, is universally panned as just being a fucking douche. <laughs> and being unlistenable, but he does an excellent fucking job, and it's—he's good at what he does. He is, and and everyone hates on him, including me. I can't fucking stand listening to him call a game. Troy Aikman—I could go all day. I fucking hate. Mm-hmm. I hate ninety percent of commentators in professional sports. Um, truth be told, if I wasn't a Bruins fan, Jack Edwards would be right there at the top. Man, like there are mm-hmm. times that he is just, like. I cringe at some of the bullshit that comes out of his mouth. How mm. many times does he need to say the word molested? Like, <laughs> I don't, or, or he's, it, he's, he's fun for us to listen to because it gets us fucking jazzed up. And ultimately that's his job. But at least once a week, my girlfriend brings up, brings
0: up the time that he brought up the, the, the story of him pinning his sister down. <laughs> Do you guys remember that? He, he 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 brought up a like I, th- I think he was trying to paint a picture of, of of a of a scrum of a scrum on the side on, on the sideboards, and he brought up a, a, a an anecdote of pinning his sister down and telling her to be quiet or shut up or something like something to that effect, and you can hear Andy Brickley's silence was the loudest thing in that building that night. <laughs> Because it was just 20 seconds of nothing. And then Jack just starts to call the call the game again. Like nothing happened. Like, are we not yeah. gonna like no, no, you need to answer for this? Um,
3: it was legitimately, and, and, and this is a hard bar to to climb. It was legitimately one of the creepiest things he had ever said. And I don't know if it's like the the, the So you do
0: remember this, Andrew. Oh,
3: oh, I remember it vividly. Okay because it's it it haunts me in my nightmares. So, I mean it is It is easily, and and I am telling you, this is a difficult thing for him to say. It is easily one of the creepiest things that man has ever said.
1: Reminds me of the uh, summer that I grew to be bigger than my older sister. And I pinned her to the ground and said, I've been counting. (laughs)
3: Tenorti flips it. And I am a Jack Edwards fan, and I can see where he would annoy outside fan bases. But Mm -hmm. let me put it to you this way. If you're one of those other teams, you should consider who you have in your broadcast booth because it's probably like listening to what it would visually be like to watch paint dry. Uh, I mean, there are some bad, bad broadcasting teams in the NHL.
0: Uh, and and um, I, I got a taste of this earlier this year, um, and I can probably chalk this up to age. Rick Jernett is fucking terrible. And Buffalo fans, if you're listening, I don't apologize. <laughs> he sounds like he's waiting for death to knock on his door.
2: <laughs> I mean, wouldn't, I mean, wouldn't you if you had to watch fucking 60 to 100 fucking <laughs> Sabres games every
3: year? <laughs> I, um, Yes. I yes. would welcome death. I would, I, but I don't please. Know, I don't know what this podcast stance on Buffalo is, but I um, refuse to acknowledge or even uh, think about the fact that Buffalo exists as a franchise.
2: <laughs> it's hard, man. Like I have a soft spot for them mm-hmm. uh, personally, but part of it is also just because they're they're just a miserable franchise, and their fans are fully aware. I've said on this podcast before that I'm very confident the fan base could literally just fill out questionnaires and run the franchise better than anyone in that front office.
3: Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I would, I would wholeheartedly agree with that. I mean, listen, I've said this before, I'll say it again. There hasn't been a franchise since Milan Lucid stole it. And that was (laughs) the last that that franchise ever existed. I mean, at this point, Welcome back to Quebec Nordiques via the <laughs> Buffalo Sabers. I mean, I am all in. Give away the franchise to literally anyone. Well, at
0: least give at least give the franchise to somebody who's not going to hire hire a boutique rink runner as a general manager. Yeah,
2: it's such a it's such a good hockey town with such a terrible organization. Like it may it may honestly be the worst organization in sports.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah. Easily. Yeah. So we got off on
0: a tangent about, about growing the sport. So they've done absolutely nothing to grow. They've done absolutely nothing to grow the sport in, in a C and maybe have hurt their own chances to grow it in a season where it was crucial, a COVID season where everyone is home and need a distraction from
2: everything being on fire. Now, what? The, NH- the NHL is blowing the playoffs because this is the second time that a story has come out that's been negative because the first one was player safety, the Tom Wilson, the the Rangers things like right before the end of the regular season.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And that carried into the playoffs. And now this is where we're at. Oh, and also uh, the whole circumventing the fucking salary cap for the defending champions. like Who,
0: by a, the way, just eliminated issue. the Carolina
2: Hurricanes. Yeah. But that's, that's a glaring fucking issue. Mm-hmm. So there's been zero positivity coming out of the NHL playoffs right now. Like zero Mm -hmm. from, for, for a layman's perspective or a non NHL fan, Mm -hmm. it it looks like shit. And then as an NHL fan, like a fan of the game, you almost, you're embarrassed by this league right now.
1: It's very
0: sad. It is very sad. I mean, hopefully, hopefully ESPN can, can give, can give the league a little bit of gravitas, but you know, you're still going to have the same buffoons at the top holding on to the string and once in a while, just kind of dipping it into the lava. Yep. It's just, it's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's sad. Cause I love this sport so much. It's, it's, it's given me so much in my life and especially in the last year. Mm-hmm. And, but just to see how awful it's run by just people who couldn't find their ass with both hands and a map. It makes me sad.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think to take a, take a more positive spin on the NHL. Cause I feel like we've been, please, we, know, we need this now. We, we we've been really down on them. You know, I will say this, the, the finals this year is going to be a powerhouse of a, of a series, right? I mean, you let, let's, let's be honest. We're, we're likely likely there's no guarantees in life except what death and taxes, but.
0: And the Toronto Maple Leafs losing in the first
3: round. Don't forget that. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. That's true. That that's very true. That's actually more sure than death and taxes, but um, the Tampa Bay lightning and the Colorado avalanche are likely going to be your, your final two teams standing on that Hill. Right. And, and I think that is set to be, one hell of a series and I have to put my, my hat on the avalanche side there. Right. I mean, I don't want Tampa Bay to win anything. Um, but, but that's going to be one hell of a playoff series. So the NHL does have some good stuff coming as a Bruins fan. I tweeted out here while we're recording tonight that I was feeling depressed, uh, that the winner of the Bruins Isles series will have to play Tampa Bay. Um, it's sad, Right. I, I said uh, it doesn't feel much like winning. Uh, it's like if you went to the carnival, won a prize and the prize was a scary clown hiding in the back of your car when you were leaving. <laughs> right. Like that's that's what getting Tampa Bay in the next round would feel like. Mm-hmm. But um, it does make for an exciting product when you let a team go eleven million dollars over the salary cap.
0: Seventeen.
3: I was being generous (laughs) by trying to say that some of it was within the rules of within the rules of the game. So I was only going to clock them with the 11. But yes, if you want to count the actual monies, there's 17. Yes. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I was trying to take that positive approach, but. I'm really struggling with this league right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it, it's hard. It's hard. But
0: okay, all right. Let's actually, I, I want to ask a question here. Say that this isn't our last episode of our first full season doing the short shift podcast during hockey. Oh, my God. And the Bruins pull this off in game six and game seven. Regardless of the result of the Tampa series. Thomas, I'll start with you. Do you view this as a successful year if they if they can pull this off?
2: Uh, if if they get out of this round, I think it is mm-hmm. uh, the overall. Obviously, we can dive into the the cup window for Bergeron, Marchand, etc. Like the core of this team. Like I knew your answer, I'll, but I'll I'll view this as successful mm-hmm. uh, because it's hard to get to this point. It's it it truly is. It's it's hard for organization to go deep, and they will have overcome so much if they win the next two games. After getting knocked out of the playoffs, I would probably be down on it for a little bit, but in retrospect, like it's better than not making the playoffs, man. There's been, there's a lot of fans of a lot of teams that didn't make the playoffs. There's a lot of fans of teams that got knocked out in the first round unceremoniously. And I Toronto, yeah, it's, <laughs> I'll uh, never
0: not be happy about that. I'm sorry. No, no. I
2: mean, that's, that's a, that's a good, that's a win for us mm-hmm. as an organization. Absolutely, uh, It is very concerning watching how good the Canadians appear to be at this moment, but it's, Oh, uh, whoever. That's a, oh that's my God. For another time
0: that I, I will say this, I do. I, whoever comes out of the, the Vegas Colorado series is going to paint the arena <laughs> with the Canadians. Just the, the talent disparity is just so yeah. wide. Andrew, what do you
3: think? So, I started off this season <clears throat> um, by saying that I didn't think the Bruins' decor could do anything. So, I'm going to be honest with you. Mm. If I evaluate this objectively, with where I thought this team was going to be this year, and what Don Sweeney had done in the off season—not at the deadline, but in the off season. I would say this season would already be a success. Interesting. Then I started to watch them play this year. And now I'm saying if they don't make it out of this series, it's a major failure. Wow. Okay. Can you expand on that? Yes. So for the first time in maybe his tenure with the Boston Bruins, I feel like Don Sweeney kind of (laughs) not on his own because of luck and the fact that Hall clearly wanted to be here um, brought a spark to this team that I have not seen him bring before. And for a team that was already fairly dominant, right? who Who was having a really good season and was going to make moves at the deadline to bolster their chances to win. I think he did his job exceptionally well, which comes down to you then need to be successful Because he's done his job well right Mm -hmm. now that he did his job. Well, you need to do yours well. Mm -hmm. So I think you need to make it out of this round because I don't think that getting beat by the Islanders, especially the way you've played is all that acceptable. That said, if you get out of this round and you have to go play Tampa Bay, I'm not going to fault you for getting eliminated by Tampa Bay. If you had gotten out of this round and had to go play the Canadians, I would have been telling you it was a failure of a season. So it's a little bit of a a tree here, right? And the different branches causing me to have different reactions. I do think at this point, knowing what I know about this team, I think you have to make it out of this round. Mm -hmm. If you had told me they would have made it out of the first round after the off season, I would have told you, you were out of your damn mind. Yeah. So that's how that's how it kind of shifts along the way. I so,
2: don't disagree. I don't disagree on Yeah. So
0: I've already kind of put my flag in this season's already been a success, but I will say, um, and Thomas, you and I have discussed this at length on the pod. Um, regardless of, what happens from here on out this off season that Don Sweeney, this upcoming off season for Don Sweeney is the most important in the last 15 years in this, in this city and on this team. I think he is regardless of, unless, unless they win a cup, I'll say unless they win a cup, Um, which have put that realism wherever you'd like, but unless they win a cup, we are in the most important off season in Don Sweeney's tender. And he's going to start it on the hot seat. Yep.
2: It's
0: 30 million in cap space. The core is running out of time. The window is open that little tiny bit September evening. It's cold, but you still want some air in the house. It's about, it's about yay big. I think this season is a success, but it's going to be all for naught if he blows it in the off season. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of where I am. I think we're already in the successful territory. I think, I think we've sort of exceeded expectations considering what a lot of people were thinking of the off season in the off season. But we're going to have to see.
3: But do you but. think? Do you think they should beat the Islanders?
0: I do. I do. They've been the best. They've been the best. You're right. This Just is. Saying. Yeah. Okay. All right. I was going to say, is this, it, 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 is this, is is this going to sound mad stupid, but no, they have been the better team. They've been, we're up, we're down three to two and the Bruins have been the better team for probably how many periods have we played in this series? Five games, two overtime periods. We have played 17 periods. We've probably been the better team in about 13 of them. Hmm. Like the officiating has. Taken over this series. And now we are now. We're getting coaches fined. We're getting Barry Trotz accusing Patrice Bergeron of cheating, which I will stop that man myself if he continues that. Well, um, and then
3: Bergeron gets thrown out on the first face yeah. off of the night. I mean, yeah. come on. Get yeah. the hell out of here with that. that yeah,
0: yeah, it's like, it's like don't make it so obvious that's what you're doing. You know what I mean? I'm I'm gonna put it out here right now and I'm going to put it out on the line. I'm guaranteeing a game six win.
3: Whoa. Guarantee?
0: I'm guaranteeing a game. I'm guaranteeing a game six win. This has to even out at some point. The way that this team has played, the way that this team has fought. um, Curtis Lazar's injury is what it is. He's been carrying the boat anchors. His loss will, his, his loss will, I think, it is a small one, but it's kind of a more of a cumulative ding rather than a big loss. Um, I'm guessing Jake Dabrowski is going to come back in. I'm guessing we're going to see a fourth line of
2: dabrowski Kirali wagner which, okay. Sounds, sounds so <laughs> exciting. I know. <laughs> you, just, you just guaranteed a, a game six win, and now all you're doing is just slowly reading off a eulogy for this fucking team.
0: 13 of 17 <laughs> periods, this team has been the better team. It's got to be fourth line. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, the fourth line has been worse than that. It's been worse than that. I just,
3: playing on his, to brush playing on his natural position. I'd call it. I would fucking call that an upgrade. Well, I guess that's fair. I mean, I listen, the bottom six for this team just hasn't, hasn't done it for me this series. I mean, your third see- line looked a lot better with, with Carson Kuhlman last night. The, the third line looked good last night for a lot of it. Yeah. The problem is when they didn't look good, mm-hmm. it was a points that it was making a major impact in the game, mm-hmm. right? Your, your third and fourth line, the biggest thing they should do is not fuck up the game for you. <laughs> and last night, it didn't feel that way.
0: Well, that was... I mean, I, I, would, I would sort of put the onus on the on-ice product. Let's forget about the officiating for a second. I'd put sort of the onus of the on-ice fuck-ups to the, uh, our penalty kill, which... What
3: penalty kill?
0: Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. That's where <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for one of you to jump in with that one. Um, if Jared Tenorti doesn't stare at the puck like he's found the love of his life, when his stick breaks and just kicks it instead of, instead of that. Or if Sean Corrales puts a little bit of strength at a clear attempt, instead of trying to make a cute drop pass to Marshand, That game's headed into overtime. It's these little tiny mistakes that just blow up into molehills. You know, I, I, uh, I texted Thomas this morning, Andrew, I don't know how much of a, of a, of a, maybe old school wrestling fan you are, but I'm basically calling calling the New York Islanders uh, edge because they are the ultimate opportunist. Mm. Every single opportunity that they had, they've cashed in on them and kudos to them. Kudos to them for doing that. But this has got to even out at some point. I'm not going to guarantee a series win. I'm not, I'm not that, I'm not that stupid, but I'm stupid enough that I'm guaranteeing a game six win.
3: I I I would tend to agree with you. I'm not going to guarantee shit because I'm not out of my mind. But <laughs> I didn't I claim would. that I wasn't. You just <laughs> heard me. <laughs> I I would I would tend to agree that I think Game Six will will be a win. You know the the one factor uh, I, I touched on tonight on our podcast, but I haven't brought up tonight is coaching. And honestly, I kind of feel like Barry Trotz. Is out coaching Bruce Cassidy right now. I was literally being
2: asked that before we mm -hmm. on this one now.
3: I think that's I think that's I think that's Mm -hmm. fair. I think that is fair. I think the timeout last night was the flipping point for me. Mm -hmm. That timeout was about maybe one of the best timeouts I've seen taken Mm -hmm. in the NHL this season. Mm -hmm. He knew his team was sitting back, he knew they were playing a protected house kind of game.
0: Mm-hmm. And what, what does prevent and what does they were playing a prevent? And what does prevent defense do? It prevents you from winning.
3: Yeah. I mean, he knew that that was the exact moment to take that timeout and they looked like a different team after that timeout. Mm-hmm. It was brilliant. To be fair,
0: they looked like a different team after that timeout, the Bruins were still swarming, but the Bruins were still swarming with sort of a, um, doing this one play where they were trying to get it to pasta in the slot and rip ripping one timers. And all Pulak had to do was just poke a stick out, poke a stick yep. out, poke a stick out. Maybe if they adjusted that just a little bit, we'd be talking about a different story, but, but that's
3: just it. This has been a series of inches. Well, but I think that comes back to coaching as well. Right. I mean, Of course, of course. Absolutely. True, I'm going to play the setup play the thing that's been scoring me the goal fine. But like, Trots isn't going to send his team out there and not have them know that.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Right. Yeah. Like you've, you've got to do something to spark that creativity to give you that advantage. And I just, I haven't seen it yet now. Hopefully it happens in game six. Right. And he comes out there with a, a little bit of a different look if he needs it. And I mean, he's going to be forced to make changes to that fourth line, regardless mm-hmm. of how much he wanted to refuse mm-hmm. to touch it. So We'll see where it goes, but I just thought it was worth mentioning that I think coaching is legitimately playing a role in this series.
0: Um, I think that Trotz is better than Cassidy at in-game adjustments. I think Cassidy is a little better at game-to-game adjustments, but I think Trotz's advantage outweighs Cassidy's advantage. I think the gaps aren't... I think
3: yeah. the gaps don't equal if that makes sense. And I feel like Cassidy is normally better at the in between game adjustments. Mm-hmm. I think his refusal to touch that fourth line has been one of the strangest things I've seen out of him since his tenure in Boston.
2: Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. I yeah. you'd have to assume that his the way he handled the post game Was by design. Like he knew he was going to say some shit. All the heat. All the heat on me. All the heat on me. I think. I think that was by design. I think that was. (laughs) That's kind of like one of his strategies. It seemed to be a strategy when he quote unquote called out Rask after the other game, and I don't know. He does. He does some interesting stuff using the media or manipulating Mm -hmm. the media. So we'll see what the reaction is, man. I. I loved Greg uh
0: quote after, after Cassidy's press conference where he goes, God, I wish Cassidy would give us something on these post-game pressers. Yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Andrew, thanks again, man, for uh, joining us. I obviously always like having you on here. Uh, two episodes in a row, bro. You've gone streaking.
3: Yeah. I Hey, I appreciate you guys having me on. I do have a lot of fun. It's obviously great talking Bruins hockey with you guys, so, so I really do appreciate it. Thank you.
2: Tell me, tell me a little bit real quick about, uh, puck lines returning. Cause that's one of our favorite other podcasts here.
3: Yeah. So, uh, we, we officially, uh, dropped our, uh, first episode under new co-host Connor green, uh, today. So that was a lot of fun. We recorded today and I dropped it within two hours of recording fastest edit in my life. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh, instant chemistry. Hell yeah. 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 No, it was, it was a really good episode. We had a lot of fun, um, I actually think we're probably going to do another one this week. So we'll we'll drop two in the first week, and then we'll probably go back to that one-a-week um, cadence. But it was a lot of fun. We look forward to having our listeners back. We look forward to doing some more betting. Um, I know I said it on your, your last episode, right? But the the NHL has certainly made this playoffs uh, interesting for bettors. Um, <laughs> so uh, if you are able to stomach risk, uh, come on over and, and listen to some of the things we tell you to bet on.
2: Uh, thanks. Great. My friend. Thanks again to our listeners. Uh, if you guys don't already, uh, follow Andrew Taverna at Andrew Taverna and is it at Pucklines pod or just yep. at, at puck, puck Lines. pod. Okay. So make sure you've, uh, give that a follow, give it a listen, rate, subscribe them, rate, subscribe us. It's the best way to help these podcasts, uh, continue to do what we do. And, uh, Looking forward to game six, man. Bruins Bruins at the New York Saints. Ah, don't. Oh, my God. Don't. <laughs> don't. I'm shocked I haven't seen any shirts yet. Uh, I'm sure it'll happen at some point. If if we can get around this team, I don't think anybody wants to be rewind, or reminded if, if we don't get around them. So we'll see it, it, how it, it goes.
0: Yeah, if we don't win tonight, that's going to be the new bunch of jerks, and I'm going to hate every minute of it. Yep. All right, boys. All right. Thanks, guys. Later later
1: see ya we try to talk about okay what's in front of us what can we control uh, and that's that and that's all we've ever done um, and that's what we'll continue to do and, and and maybe game six will be our day where we get the calls that go our way maybe not I don't know I can't look into the future we'll be ready to play It's uh, do or die for us so we better be ready to play
3: I'm so damn grateful. I grew up really wanna go fronts, but that's what you get when Wu Tang raised you. Y'all can't stop me. Go hard like I gotta hit
1: it with in my heartbeat. And I'm meeting at the beat like you gave a little speed to a great white shark on